This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't know if this is the right song. Uh, it was not sped up. Stone, you got to do a better job of reading the text. Uh, it's Monday. It's 5 o'clock. It's time for Happy Hour with Bobby DePaul. Oh, there we go. A little Pearl Jam. <laughs> it's still not a thing sped up enough. Yeah. But Anyway. It's Better Man by Pearl Jam. We, we, ultimate we, football guy, Bobby DePaul. We know the song by now. And uh, please explain the song, Bobby Dick. The more you change, the more it stays the same. The Ravens moved on from defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, but the problems of the fourth quarter still remain. Call it karma, call it luck, call it a meltdown, or just call it for what it is, another double-digit lead with no fight to close it out. If you're Wink Martindale, you couldn't have written a better script for this ending. Wink didn't blink. And he looked like the better man down the stretch guiding his new team to find a way to snatch victory from defeat. So let's talk some Ravens football. Bobby DePaul, of course, joining us courtesy of the Bobby DePaul Charities and those who support them. All right, Bobby D. Not only did Wink not blink, but he blitzed a season-high 61% of the time. What did you think of that approach? Yeah, I mentioned after the Cincinnati game that teams from mm-hmm. around the league have a separate playbook for Lamar, and heavy blitzing is part of that package. Teams do it because they want to close off his ability to escape the pocket and force him to make quick decisions. Wink played a lot of single-high safety looks coming into this game with a 67% rate, and yesterday he played you know, he played a little more with a 75 or 71% rate. The biggest difference for Wink this week was he played more man coverage, 47%, and less zone coverage, 24%. Obviously, the loss of Bateman and a pure deep speed threat other than Devin Dubonnet helped him with his plan. Wink's firsthand knowledge of personnel gave him the confidence to make that call. That was Wink's biggest advantage coming into this game, knowing the Ravens' personnel. Lamar had done a great job up to this point with a top-five ranking and quarterback rating of 117.1 in handling the blitz. But yesterday, he struggled. Lamar only completed 9 of 19 passes for 103 yards with one TD, one interception, and two sacks. Lamar finished with a quarterback rating of only 59.8 in blitz situations. So not a good day. Keep in mind, it's not all on him. Pass protections and drop balls figure into those calculations. In terms of pass protection, the biggest difference between Cincinnati last week and the Giants this week was the inside pressure and constant inside push right in Lamar's face. On several occasions, I mean, I lost count, guys. 
rookie offensive center Kyle Linderbaum was knocked back by Giants defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence. You know, the guy is a load to block. Kevin Zeitler even gave up a sack to Dexter Lawrence. So that gives you an idea of how good Dexter Lawrence is playing right now. I thought the offensive tackles held up pretty good, especially Ronnie Stanley. You know, that that, uh, pitch count rotation went right out the (laughs) window when Morgan Moses went down. But I thought he played really well. So hopefully he wakes up today feeling good about himself physically. If he plays like that the rest of the year, this offensive line will make some big strides moving forward, guys. Bobby D, with the Winks pre-snap movement, all that stuff he was doing, did that cause a lot of the Ravens' procedural problems on offense? In terms of the false start penalties early in the game, yeah. The Giants' defensive line was stemming its fronts. What is stemming? Stemming is a shift from one alignment to another alignment. So the defense would show an underfront and then shift to an overfront. No different when you see a tight end you know, shift from left to mm-hmm. right on offense. When the defensive line shifts or slides to the front, it potentially changes run blocking assignments or pass protection assignments for the offensive linemen. In addition, when the defense deploys this type of strategy, it's done in unison with the middle linebacker barking out the shift call, just like a quarterback yelling out the snap count. The middle linebacker yells out, move, and then the front moves with the shift. I think what was happening to the offensive line was they heard the sound of the call, and they were caught off guard with the shift. The shift was also like the simulation of a snap. And they just naturally reacted. Years ago, the defense alignment could jump into the neutral zone before the snap and then get back quick and no offsides penalty was called. In today's game, when the defense simulates a snap, it jumps into the neutral zone. You see the offense alignment react quick to get the penalty called on the defense. The defense, you know, the difference, you know, with the stemming, the defensive stemming movement is the defense alignment, you know, doesn't jump in the neutral zone. It's more of a lateral shifting mo- uh, movement, a nice little trick, you know. You know that we, you know, yeah. the staff put together. They got, I think they, uh, I counted three false start penalties in the first two series, yeah. you know, of the game. The other pre-snap penalty was an illegal formation, and that was a critical penalty late in the game on third and one. What happened there should have never happened. Because in my opinion, the coaches should have called a timeout on that play before the snap. You know, a few weeks back in the Miami game. Uh, the defense, you know, wasn't lined up, and later everybody said it was, you know, a rookie mistake. But it dawned on me later that the coaches should take the responsibility because, in some cases, they should they should see these things, you know, when things are all screwed up, and tell somebody to call a timeout. There are plenty of people on the staff to assign somebody the responsibility of just pre-step formations. No different than somebody being assigned to watching the play clock. How many times did the coaches call a timeout right. just before being penalized when the clock you know, is running out? What's the difference? The Ravens need to be smarter and stop beating themselves. Bobby, how would you evaluate Lamar's overall performance? You can't talk about Lamar's, you know, Lamar's performance without talking about the Ravens' rushing attack because of his dual-threat capabilities. Yesterday marked the 22nd time the Ravens rushed the ball for over 200 yards in a game since Lamar took over the starting role in 2018. Lamar played in 21 of those games, and the Ravens' record is now 19-2 and with him as the starter. Yesterday was the first time the Ravens rushed the ball for over 200 yards this year, so that was a big accomplishment for the team. 
Lamar himself gained 77 yards, yeah. averaging 11 yards per carry. That's a huge number for Lamar. In terms of the passing game, we already talked about Lamar's struggle hit on the blitz, but yesterday his performance when he wasn't blitz was pretty damn good. Lamar completed 8 of 13 passes with a 61.5% completion percentage, and the average per catch, you know, per catch was 13 yards, you know, over 13 yards per reception. Lamar had no interceptions, no sacks when he had time to throw. Now you know why Wink put so much yesterday because, we're, you know, Lamar was finding the open receivers and moving the chains when he didn't blitz. Too many drop balls and too much pressure hampered the passing game, but it shouldn't. It, it should have been enough to win it. Lamar was fine until that third and sixth interception. He didn't need to throw it, and I'm sure he will learn from it, but it basically cost him the game. The sack fumble in the last drive was, again, Lamar's fault. He didn't protect the ball with his body, and he held it out. So Thibodeau just slapped it away. Those two turnovers were all on Lamar. So he needs another bounce-back game next week to make up for it. Bobby D., uh, when you look at the defense against Saquon Barkley, it seemed they held him in check at least until the fourth quarter. How did Mike McDonald do? Friday, I, I mentioned, you know, you would probably see more eight-man fronts because, of, you know, because yeah. of the Giants running game and Saquon Barkley, and that's what happened. Mike McDonald did what he was supposed to do. He put the players in a position to help stop the running game, and he also increased his edge blitzes to help contain Daniel Jones from running those naked bootlegs. The Giants only gained 83 yards on 34 rushing attempts, averaging only 2.7 yards per carry. That's great run defense, especially given how well, you know, Barkley, both Barkley and, and Daniel Jones have been, you know, have been running the football. Mike took away what they did best, like last week against the Cincinnati, you know, taking away the big play passing attack, playing that umbrella look. The problem is when you take away something, you give up something, and that something is the passing game, especially on third down. The Giants converted 7 of 14 for 50% conversion rate, way above the Ravens' defense, you know, we've been giving up all year. I thought Mike played a little soft in coverage, you know, early on mm-hmm. in third and long situations. Giants converted two third and double digits to keep that first drive alive for a touchdown. Not good. The other thing that happened, you know, two other third down situations came with penalties. The Ravens stopped the third and five situation, but Odafi Owe got nabbed for a critical unsportsmanlike call that kept the drive alive and, you know, ended in a field goal. Later in the fourth quarter, third and three, Marcus Peters got caught with a pass interference call. That led, you know, to the Giants' touchdown and outright lead. Daniel Jones ended the day with a 70% completion percentage and a quarterback rating of 112.1. I think I warned everybody on Friday that Daniel Jones was better than most people thought, especially his mental toughness. That's why the Giants are finding ways to win instead of finding ways to lose, like the Ravens right now. All right, Bobby. So it's not a victory Monday around here, but if we're looking for silver linings, how high would you rate the performance of the young interior defensive lineman on Sunday? It looks to me like Justin Matabuke is playing to get paid at the end of the year because he is playing at a high level. He's becoming a consistent disruptor in a running game, and he's pushing the pocket inside, you know, pushing in the passing game. Travis Jones, rookie Travis Jones, is starting to come around. He did a great job clogging up the middle at those tackle, and he also had a nice inside pressure and a sack on his first, you know, you know, his first as a pro yesterday. 
from the tape, he had his hand right in the guy's face mask. So he could have been penalized for that, but he got away with it. So good for him. In order to stop the run in the National Football League, you need to have a nose tackle that can hold the point of attack and occupy two blockers. That allows the linebackers to scrape downhill and fill the running lanes. Defensive tackle Broderick Washington is another young guy that started to play physical, and he has the versatility and athleticism to play all three interior spots. The Ravens' interior defense has a real good chance to continue to prove and become a you know become really good if they stay healthy, guys. Bobby D, any other observations? I was a little surprised by the special teams unit yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Ravens ended the season ranked number one last year, so when they don't perform to that standard they set, it definitely catches my eye. I mean, you got Justin Tucker missed a field goal early, and the Giants had a big kickoff return. Yep. The coverage was horrible. There were a couple guys that got knocked. I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> they got knocked on their backs on that return. In addition, right before the half, you know, this new linebacker, uh, A.J. Klein, yeah. he got nailed for another, you know, stupid penalty, you know, late hit out of bounds. That could have cost the Ravens another three points if the Giants had a timeout. It's just not, you know, smart football. Bobby DePaul, let everybody know about the Bobby DePaul charities and those who support them. ID Technologies, Dell, and Ruckus Networks are proud to support Bobby DePaul charities, a means to provide help to kids who struggle from unexpected hardships. Together, this team is committed to giving back while helping deliver world-class wireless network solutions to federal agencies who need to be able to seamlessly connect over secure and reliable Wi-Fi networks. Visit www.idtech, that's I-D-T-E-C.com forward slash the fan to download our free wireless stress test report showing how the Ruckus Wi-Fi 6 cloud managed access points outperformed its competitors. Please visit the ID Tech website and look for the Walking with Anthony Foundation donation link, a foundation that helps kids to pay for rehab from these devastating spinal cord injuries. Bobby DePaul, Thank always, you, always great. Thank you so much. We'll chat on Friday. And I will make this a great happy hour. <laughs> go, go get it. There he is. Bobby DePaul. We'll talk to him every Monday and Friday. Hey, coming up next, let's take a look at what happened in the AFC North. Mike Tomlin, what did he think of his team's effort? We'll find out next. Northern Exposure here on The Fan. Inside Access. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 